to go back a little bit to what you were saying before when you said you can choose what thoughts to think and then you can decide to not think about something even if it's right. And I remember one time seeing, I think I saw it in a movie. I, I believe I saw it in a movie that um, it was somebody talking to a man about his wife. The man and his wife were having an argument and the person said, well, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? And I think so much, so many of us are so focused on being right. So why do we live in the past? Why are we having arguments in the shower? Because we want to be right. Yes. We want to go back to that person and say, I knew I was right. How many of us have had an argument? I've done this. You're having an argument with somebody and, and like you're saying one thing, they're saying another thing. So you go to Google and you're, you know, I just want to prove it because I just want to be right. And we've convinced ourselves. And the reason why we want that so bad is because like you're saying, we identify with being right. We don't realize it, but we think if I'm wrong, the people are going to think I'm dumb. If I'm wrong, I'm going to think I'm dumb. If I'm wrong, it means I'm dumb or it means I'm evil or it means I'm immoral or it means I'm a bad leader or it means I'm a bad mom. And I need to prove that I'm not. When you stop having something to prove and you literally can say to yourself, I can be wrong. I don't know if I'm wrong. I don't know if I'm right, but it doesn't matter. Because I don't want to be right or I'm not striving to be right. This is not to say I'm not striving to be righteous or I'm not striving to live in holiness. But I'm not worried about proving that I'm smart or that I'm capable or that I'm better than anybody right. or that I'm worthy. I have all of that. God has made me capable and God has made me worthy and God has made me love even if I'm not smart. So why do I have to go back and I want to show Rue that I'm smart? I want to show Rue that he can't win an argument against me. When you stop yourself and you say, it doesn't matter. I'm loved for who I am. Right. Let me just work on making myself better. Yes, yes. And it, and it goes back to identity. It really does because mm -hmm. when you're insecure about your identity, meaning that there is no security, meaning that the foundation of it is unstable, what is that unstable foundation? It's thought life. Yep. It's I'm identifying with thoughts, so there's a bunch of combative thoughts that need to uh, that they need to basically fight each other to try to create this person that you've created in your mind that you're not even that person mm -hmm. because it's just a figment, like you said, of your imagination. But when you're sure of who you are, you you don't need to be right because you know that being right or being wrong doesn't affect doesn't who matter. you are. And a huge part of what of what being right or not being right a huge way to fix that so let's give some uh, people something very practical that they can yeah i do always i i do you know i am always trying to be right i am always trying to fight i, I don't want to do that i want to elevate you know beyond that live a better more fulfilled more christ-like life you, you know what's a huge key to that what truthfulness mm-hmm if you can cut the bullshit, mm -hmm. if you can cut it out and you can be honest, then it frees you from having to be right or wrong. And and this is a huge one for me. I feel like truthfulness goes along with this too because it's it's freed me from so many things. So now I say, I find myself saying a lot of things like this. Hey guys, it should be like this. Well, actually... I'm not really sure, but I think it would be best like that. I just, think it should be like this. Just yeah. that little change, just to say I'm not really sure, just to be sure, like, well, go ahead and double check on Google. But I think just to give yourself that out of, like, stop bullcrapping and pretending like you know what you're saying, mm -hmm. that is so freeing. Yeah. That is so freeing. And, and 
and it will save you from having to defend your position so much because you already exposed that. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm sure about this. Um, and yeah. if you are sure about something, be sure about so it. So then you're not identifying with being right or wrong because you didn't say I'm sure this is the right way. That's what's going to make you go to the grave defending it. Because right now, you told everybody in a whole room that you were sure. Correct. And now, if you're wrong, you're now kind of you're, in danger. Now you look dumb. Now you're this. Now you're that. All those same things that we just talked about. So, so full transparency and honesty is is oh my gosh it's so beautiful it's like the most amazing thing and and i've realized that too when i've realized that too like when i'm like sharing like my testimony with somebody like i share my testimony with excruciating crazy detail oh i know (laughs) as rue's sister i've had to tell him on various occasions you can tell me less detail about the things you've done because i'm your sister but but you know what it is is if you put it out there, where does who the can whole, throw it back at you? Who can throw it back at you? It, the whole thing about like the church and all that stuff, and and we're pastors' kids. We've been burned by the church many times, many different ways. Of course. The whole thing about the church. What is getting burned by the church? It comes down to one thing: it's judgment. It's mm-hmm. people judging, right? People mm-hmm. judging. If you come out and say, "I am the worst," now some people are worse than others. So I literally mm-hmm. could say, "I'm the worst." Don't look at me as a good example. Look at me as grace. Look at me as this. Is it. Mm-hmm. Then what is somebody gonna say? You're eh, bad. Yo vi a, a Rudito eh, 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 tomando una cerveza. No, I was drinking whiskey and I was having six shots. All right. So, <laughs> so when you do that, what is there left for people to try to hold against your identity? Mm-hmm. Nothing. You, what, it's so important. Heck, even if it's not true, you should say, no. no. Say you're the worst. Say you're the yeah. worst because you know what it does? Then you're free. And the Bible then says that. Free. It says, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought. Think of yourselves as low. Like, And, and again, it's not about having low self-esteem. No. It's just don't build yourself up. Don't put yourself on a pedestal that then you have to constantly be striving. Stop Correct. striving. And lying. And lying. Lying, lying because everybody's poop stinks mm-hmm. you know so every it, this when we do look at somebody and we judge them what are we actually judging them for we're not judging them for what they did we're judging them for getting caught yeah and we're judging them for acting like they weren't doing it because like again if you just say your testimony and someone says well two years ago i saw him in a club you say yeah i said that now if you come back you know, and, and you say your testimony, but you leave out certain things, people will look at you and say, hey, you left this and this out. Correct. And that's what you that's what really bothers people. What bothers every single person. And that is innate in us put by our creator, because our creator is a is a creator of truth and he's a creator of honesty and he's a creator of openness. And there is no uh, what does the Bible say? It says in him, there is no shadow. There mm-hmm. is no deviation. That's what we don't like about people. We don't like the shadow. We don't even like when people have shadows that they don't know about. That bothers us. Yeah. So like when whenever I know me and my friends, like we have conversations and we're like when we're like confronting each other, we don't like when a friend does something and doesn't know that they do it. But when they admit that they do it, we're okay with it. Right. And so I've exactly like you, I've learned that by being more open people will accept me more. So let, let me give an example of that. If I come in here, you know, and um, i trying to think of something annoying I do. If I come in here, okay, so I I don't like vacations. I'm, I'm, you know, anybody who's watching my podcast knows that I am a known workaholic. When I come into my office and I say, we're going to start another project, and let's say somebody on my team, two years ago somebody on my team could have been like, oh, no, another project, that might make me angry. 
Why, why would it make me angry two years ago? Because I was trying to act like I wasn't a workaholic. Right. And I was trying to act like everything I was doing was totally normal Perfectly and normal. fair. Right. And I wanted everyone to act like it was normal and fair. And what made them angry? Simply the fact, it wasn't the new project. It was the fact that I didn't understand. You weren't aware. That I that wasn't aware. You're, you're seeing the world from some different, like, the world's not really like that. They just wanted me to know what was really up. So now that I'm aware, now that I know who I am and knowing who you are is such a key part because now that I know who I am, they can say that to me. And instead of being defensive, I could say, yeah, guys, I know. I, I know it's another project. Why don't you guys tell me like how I can make it a little bit better? You know? Right, right, right. And, and on that, on that, I mean, we're kind of deviating a little bit from the original thought life and being present, but just to just, I think it needs to be said there is, Having good people in your life that you can literally ask the question, am I going to ham? <laughs> no, for real. Yeah. It's so crazy important. So mm -hmm. crazy important. I have people in my life that I'll say something, I'll want to do something, all that, and then I'll follow it up with like, am I going to ham? And but they're I'll, like, yes, no. But I'll also say this, Root, because you are such a confident person in your identity, you allow people to tell you that. Because I know people that have those people in their life. And I've made up my life to be, I've made up my mind to be that kind of friend. I will always tell my friends the truth. And I've told all my friends, you might not always like the truth, but I will always tell you the truth, whether you want to hear it or not. That is, that is like a covenant I've made with everybody in my life that I care about. But I've told people the truth. And because they were not open, because again, it's the bull crap. They want to give a facade of I know more. They want to give this facade of I never make mistakes. They right. want to give them a, a facade of I know where I'm going in my life, even though they know good and well, they don't know. 100%. And I don't know where I'm going in my life either. Like, 100%. I don't have it all figured out. So if I know I don't have it all figured out, then Rue can come and tell me, Vance, you went too far. That wasn't like it wasn't nice. Uh, it, it wasn't good. It, you, you know, you shouldn't have said that. You shouldn't have done that. And if I understand that I'm not perfect, but it's OK because my identity is not tied to me being perfect, then I can accept that right. and I can change and still I'll be happier. I'll be happier admitting that I'm not perfect because, again, I can sit there and I can just say it is what it is. No one's expecting me to be perfect. I remember um, Omaira Font, who is a good friend of ours. She's, she's a pastora and she's from our parents' generation. And one, one day I was going through a breakup. It was years and years ago. I was going through a breakup and I did something a little bit emotionally immature um, towards this person who had hurt me. And so I got revenge. That's all I'm going to say about the matter. I remember you specifically, Rue. I told my brother about it and my brother was like, Vanessa, why did you do that? That was the most immature thing because it really was immature. It was very vengeful and immature and not necessary. I'm going to be real. Um, but I love the way Omaira handled it when she told me because I went to her kind of like confessing. I went to her kind of like, here's what I did. And I know it was bad and whatever. And she said she looked at me so unfazed. And I remember that unfazedness gave me so much peace which I think is how God looks at us when we take him, the bull crap that we do. She looked at me so unfazed and she said, that wasn't the right thing to do, but you know what? At this time, I want to say my mother was in the hospital, literally on her deathbed. This person was cheating on me while my mother was in the hospital on her deathbed. I was going through a lot. That year I had, had trouble with my career and I left law school and I was starting an entirely different career, but I didn't know what that new career was. I was going through a lot. 
And the fact that she looked at me in face and said, but right now you don't have to do the right thing all the time. That took such a weight off my shoulders because I went home that day saying I effed up, but there's grace for me. Like if Omida Font can look at me, somebody that I admire and respect so much and basically be like, I'm not phased. It kind of makes sense. You're not perfect. I'm not going to excuse what you did. I'm going to tell you what you did wasn't, you know, but I'm going to I'm going to understand you right where you are. Right. And I'm going to give you grace. I believe that that's how God looks at us with all of our imperfections. 100 percent. You said the wrong thing, but you know what? You can try harder tomorrow. And it's not excusing it in a way like, you know, I don't think that her saying that to me made me be like, okay, I'm going to do it again tomorrow. No, I still felt conviction and I still knew not to do it again. I just didn't feel condemnation. Yes. yes. And the Holy Spirit gives us conviction, but there is no condemnation in Christ. And that's our issue. That's what makes us hide. That's what makes us not be who we are. That's what makes us not be present because we don't want to be condemned. That's what made them hide in the garden. Yep. You know, it's like I sinned, but I didn't want you to see me because I was naked. God already knows you're naked. Yeah. What if I, what if I, what if I said, just what if? And I think what if is a very powerful statement for real. Because mm-hmm. we get so locked into our patterns of thinking that we think that the world has to be this way that uh, what if it's not mm-hmm. <laughs> literally what if? What if God doesn't care? Listen to what I'm saying. What if God doesn't care about our failures? Mm -hmm. What if God only cares about our focus? Mm -hmm. What if God would, what if, for everybody out there listening, what if God would much rather, much rather you sin, right? Because we call it sin. Mm -hmm. Five times today. But in between every time, spend time with him and seek and and seek what it is that he thinks about what we did or have him teach us why we're subconsciously falling into these patterns than the person that walked righteously today and was independent of him. They felt like they, they didn't need to speak to God. They felt like they didn't need to give him that attention or the attention that they gave him was fake or the prayers that they offered were vain repetitions like what you said Living the day is is living the day is living the good and and the bad. You you know what vain repetitions are, and this was a revelation that I had. Vain repetitions is not just saying like, we grew up with people that when they would pray like Father God, Father God, Father God, Father God, which that is a vain repetition. <laughs> that just means that mm-hmm. you're not really being conscious that you're speaking to a person that wants to hear what you're saying. Because if I was sitting here and we've given this example before, but I was like Vans, because Vans, because every time Vans, I'm gonna hear myself and be like, this is not a conversation. This and you're is not weird. thinking because usually when people do that, they're it's just filler speaking, words. They're speaking faster than they're thinking. So there's filler words. Mm-hmm. But but what I was gonna say is, I learned that vain repetitions is praying things that are irrelevant to the moment that we're living. Mm -hmm. So if I just went through a breakup, right, and I'm in emotional duress, (laughs) and I start praying for send me to the nations send me to God's the nations like, what? like what you you're not even feeling that you that has nothing to do with what's really going on it's in your a life show. that's a show that's a vain repetition it is so it what the only prayer that's worth it don't even waste your time and pray go do something else go work out like if you're going to be showing prayer you know what i mean the only prayer that's worth it is to come and be like whatever it is but god like 
frustrated. Um, this Sometimes it's, God, I'm so happy about this thing. Maybe I'm too happy. God, am I too happy? Like whatever it is that you're going through to just have that conversation and know that somebody, the creator, is listening to you, it will really radically change what you say in your prayer times. Yeah, the Bible says, it says, what do I ask of you? Seek justice, love mercy, walk humbly with your God. What does that mean? Exactly what you're saying. Walk every single day humbly with God in everything I do, in this meeting that we're about to go to. We're about to leave here and go to a meeting. If I do that meeting with God, not thinking of myself so highly, not thinking of myself as, you know, if I'm walking humbly with God, like, that's so powerful. It's more powerful than seek justice love mercy and walk every day as if you don't need god right don't talk to god don't worry about god don't think about god don't be it's, aware of god it's true what you say it's better to sin and walk humbly with god and be seeking justice and loving mercy but i sinned but i'm still i'm trying to make it better i'm trying to be merciful with that person that that i you know did wrong to i'm trying to seek justice for my sin i'm trying to fix it like that's better you know, one of my kids, um, she's a baby, so she doesn't care. So Eden, who is my, my middle baby, is like technically the one that behaves the worst. She's technically the one that does the most hold it, hold them up. correction needing things. But ironically, she's also the one that seeks me out the most. She's the one that when I get home, she's the happiest to see me. And she does this thing where she puts both of her hands on my on my both cheeks and puts her face right here. And just like just wants to be close to me and grabs me. And what does that make me do? And Rico laughs at me because of it. Anytime she does something bad, I turn it into funniness in my mind because I love her so much. She always wants to be with me and I love her so much. I love all my kids, obviously, but she always wants to be with me and I love her so much that when she grabs a fistful of her sister's hair, I go, oh, she doesn't mean to. She's just being very playful. And Rico's like, you excuse everything she does. But it's because she's so close to me and she loves me so much that relationship and that bond that I have with her makes me see everything bad that she does as not a big deal and it I believe it's the same in the your same, relationship the with same the same the same I don't a, care what bad she does there's a part I, I wish I knew the the reference in scripture I don't but there's a part in the bible where it basically says that like David did everything it literally says like everything by faith and in god's like sight or it says something like that where you're like wait why did he have to use this terminology if we know king david went ham on the sin like he literally went ham. he went so ham on the sin that there was things that god didn't even let him do but then later it says that he did everything basically well or like his heart was right mm -hmm. the whole time i forgot the, the verse but it that surprised me when i said it but it's exactly what you're saying is because God much prefers David to go ham, to sleep with a couple people and kill a couple people, but be conscious the whole time of him and be caught. And in the moment that we sin, there, there's a, a I, I was watching a, a podcast of John Bevere and um, I forget the, the terminology that he used, but basically he said when we sin and we bring like notice to that sin, we either ask for forgiveness because we're thinking of ourselves and we want to mm. be in right standing or true repentance has nothing to do with us or our standing. We literally, our heart hurts because we 
walked the wrong way and we kind of like pushed away God or or we took our trust off him or we tried to seek fulfillment in something that wasn't him. And that's really what sin is anyway, every single time. But the point is that like, I believe that David, the reason why he could say something like that about David is because when he did repent, he was not thinking about making himself right with God. He was just thinking about what he had done to God and how mm-hmm. he had broken covenants with God. All focus on him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and w- it's funny because somebody might hear what we just said or what you just said and say, you know, oh my gosh, blasphemy. They're telling people to go out there and sin as long as they sin with a good heart. Not really, because if you get the actual spirit of what we're saying and if you get the actual revelation, you could get this. And yeah, you could laugh at us and, and you could, you know, be like, I'm never inviting them to speak at my youth conference. You know what I mean? You Pharisees. <laughs> if, you you, say, if you think that, you you're could, a Pharisee. You could straight say up. that. Heard it here first. Um, no, but seriously, you can think that and you can say that. But when in actuality, I've lived my entire life believing in God and I've done the two things. I've had a life where I live in fear, trying to look perfect, trying to look good with a bad heart and did not sin. There were times in my life. Okay, I can't say I never said I had thoughts. I had, you know, but I was very, very well behaved. I was very well behaved, but my heart was far from God. And the Bible even says in in the book of Jeremiah, I believe it says, for what were your fasts? For what were your holy days? For what were your congregation if your heart was far from me? And I've realized that when your heart is close, even if you are not as well behaved, because you're right, it's the Pharisees that usually think, no, it's the conduct that matters. When your heart is right, you don't want to sin. You don't want to. You don't want to. I... Um, recently became gluten-free, dairy-free. I just realized it was better for my health, better for my hormones, better for a lot of things. Yesterday, there was a pizza in front of me. I didn't want it. I didn't want what I've been working towards and the fact that I have purified my body and I've become, um, you know, uh, gluten and dairy, like it it puffs you up. And, And like I've seen a lot of detox in my body. I see it in my face. I see it in my hair. I see it in my skin. I don't wanna eat gluten and blow up tomorrow morning. I don't want to wake up with puffy eyes tomorrow morning. And it's, I feel the same way about sin. Sometimes I want to sin, but I don't want to get up and, and, and tarnish my heart and be far from God and have to do all the repertory work of repairing my relationship with God and displeasing God. I don't want to do all of that. I, I much rather just stay pure. So like, I, I don't I don't buy it. I don't buy the hype of like just do right, go to church, get early to church, serve, da, 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 and do all this, but you're not walking humbly with your God. That's what he asks of you. Right. A hundred percent. That's what he asks of you. So Rue, I hope we have you back on the podcast soon. For a trifecta, for a thrice? We if we really want a trifecta, we'll bring our little sister Jess. And if we want the fantastic four. The quadskis? We'll bring Jay in and that would be actually, a good one. Actually, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna put that on the books to have have one with all the all the siblings. But thank the, you. So the topic much. for that one should be rappers of the '90s. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Or sitcoms of the '90s. I don't really know that one. The rappers, I'm not so sure. Well, but. I feel honored to have been here. I I think that we covered some some pretty great stuff. And anybody that wants to take something and run with it. They, they do have enough to take something and run with. And, and like what we spoke about at the beginning to kind of bring things full circle into the thoughts is step number one is awareness. Mm-hmm. So if 
today, even if it was just one thing, even if you heard a bunch, I don't know how long we've been talking, but if you heard one thing that made you say like, wait a second, I don't live my life presently. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you said, wait a second, I get way too offended when people tell me something or wait a second, don't brush that thought off stay there like deal with that uncomfort adjust figure out what you need to do watch more youtube videos type you know emotional intelligence like chase it because what you're chasing is health mm -hmm. health jesus was the healthiest person ever mm -hmm. spiritually emotionally in his soul in his body he's the example right jesus wasn't uh uh getting tilted all the time he wasn't flippant he wasn't easily uh uh shaken and stirred mm -hmm. why because he had all of these things that we're talking about in its right place and and maybe because of his perfection you know he just that that was his nature he walked in that but we are supposed to get closer and closer to that every day and mm -hmm. the way to get better and better at anything is to practice it so i'll give you an encouragement last thing i'll say is i'll give whoever's out there listening an encouragement and say when i because i read this book Right. When I read that book and I read it twice, the first time it was about being present. The whole book was about staying in the present moment. The first time it was something so foreign to me that I was like, I almost didn't even capture it. By the second time I started practicing being present and I'm still practicing being present. And I, I've read that book the second time, like three years ago. So it's a practice. So when you try to bring yourself back to center and present and you realize that your mind is escaping, 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 have hope. You're going to get better at it. Yeah. You know, and the there's going to be you even know about it. Is the good. fact that you even know about it is good. And, and there's going to be times where you're going to be able to go then five minutes being present, then 10, then 30. Then, and the goal is that we would spend most of our days intentionally being present and being aware of what's around us and not living in our minds so there's hope and you just got to work at it and don't give up it's worth it and i would add to that being thankful i think when you're very part of being present something that's helped me be present is learning to be thankful for everything for the little things the bible says be anxious for nothing pray about everything with thanksgiving present your request to god so in every single thing that happens in every day, I try. Obviously, I'm not perfect at it. I'm not completely present and centered all the time. But when you learn to be thankful, even when I'm having an argument with my husband, you know what I try to do? I try to say, I'm so thankful I have a husband to argue with. And I'm so thankful that the argument that we're having, if I really think about it, it's because he wants to spend more time with me or because he cares what I think or because he cares enough to change my mind. When you start thinking in thankfulness, like... I've, I've had arguments with Rico that I just go to him and I'm just like, I'm just not going to be mad anymore. Oh, did you change your mind? Whatever. I'm like, nah, I'm just not mad anymore. Like, just forget it because everything else is bigger. Yes. You know, like what I, what I feel for you, our relationship with God, the family we have, it's bigger. And I want to be thankful instead of being anxious and struggling and striving. But we'll continue to be continued. We'll continue talking more and more about that. Um, I definitely want to have Rue back on the podcast. And I definitely think you guys should check him out. Check out his band. Because he's not only a spiritual guy. <laughs> I don't know why I call you a spiritual guru. But he's not only um, an amazing uh, guy spiritually. But he's got an amazing band that is dropping music. August 6th and 7th at SYA conference. So get your tickets to SYA conference and definitely check him out. It's Anhattan Music. Do you guys have a website? Anhattan.com. August 6th, 2021. We're coming for the whole world. So jump on the train before it leaves.